Jaden Akins back. AJ Hogard back. The vibes are back in full force. We got DK Spartans Illustrated on to talk about it. Let's go! You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, locked on Spartans listeners. What a blessed day wherever we are in this beautiful world of ours. Before we go any further, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. It's not surprising news by any stretch of the imagination, but it is exciting news. It's kind of like opening up a Christmas gift. You know, you know you're going to get a nice haul on December 25th, but oh, it always hits. Next year, the roster, A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, Malik Hall. The center could be anyone between Madi Sissoko, Carson Cooper, Jackson Kohler, and <laughs> oh, yeah, how about a top five recruiting class in Xavier Booker, Jeremy Fierce, Cohen Carr, Garrett Norman. We're joined by D.K. I'm about to start getting emotional after reading that lineup. D.K., how are we doing? Just, just talk, man. This is a beautiful day. Vibes beautiful are day. immaculate, my friend. I think that we all expected this to happen, but, you know, took it up to the deadline, waiting for the withdrawal. There's just no... You know, there's no comfort after the way that most of this offseason has gone basically for football because basketball kind of has gone according to plan, how we expected to do it. We just needed some good news. We're just looking for a cry. I think uh, it's like that meme from, uh, God, well, I can't remember what like Disney movie where the fox is just shaking the crumb. Oh, it's sure, like, sure, Please, sure. Can we get some good news? And finally, <laughs> yes. we have, we've gotten some good news, the best news possible. And I just don't think you can understate. I always thought AJ Hogard was coming back. I, I you know, I don't mm. think that he had really a route to be able to go. Uh, when Akinson get the combine invite, you kind of felt the same that he was likely to return. That transfer portal window closes. I think that was probably the biggest threat to Michigan State. Is he going to yep. maybe seek for a larger role, particularly on the ball elsewhere? We kind of escaped that, so that was the first step. And now we're just waiting for the news. And. I, what else can you say? But this is a top five team heading into the preseason next year. There's no doubt about that. We've had top five teams that have flamed out, and we've oh, had, sure. you know, underrated teams have been really good. But I think when you're looking at just the base foundation of what this team is, heavy guard play and all really yeah. good. Both, all all five guys are playing two ways. Jeremy Fears Jr. is a two way guy. Holloman needs to work a little bit on his offensive side, but he brings the defense. Um, Walker, Hogard, and Akins all bring that. Like, loaded group there. They're veteran-laden. Um, you got Hall back for a fifth year. You got Tyson Walker back for a fifth year. So there's a lot of continuity. It's really basically best-case scenario for the Spartans this offseason. And now the freshmen are starting to hit the campus all this week and into next. Xavier Booker's already hit it. The rest are soon to follow. Like, the wars that are going to go on in practice for oh. this group. This group is going to push what is else on the roster. They add some athletic punch. There's really, really, really should be a lot of excitement about this group. And as we know, there's going to be some bumps along the way. There's going to be some crazy lineups in November and December where we're pulling our hair out. Like, can you just play this guy? We know he's better. But ultimately, like, couldn't ask for anything better. Izzo has a chance to compete for another second title. Uh, We haven't said that since Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston departed. 
and we're back. I mean, it was a three kind of long years. Nice, nice finish to last year, but three long years. Yeah. It's official. As the statement says, back. 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 The boys are back. The boys are buzzing. Uh, Spartan Nation buzzing right now. DK, I'm going to zoom all the way out and put the cart way in front of the horse because you said it best. Like, there are going to be some wars some battles going on with this crop of freshmen coming in. And we're going to go back and talk about this fall and winter for the right, or dare I say next spring as well for the rest of the show. But like one underrated storyline here is like, yeah, these young guys that are coming in this top five class, like they are going to be indoctrinated in a culture of what it takes to win. Like you got some old guys on this team. I mean, it, Compared to us, they're very young. They are spry chickens. But in the college basketball game, look, Malik Hall, A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker are all going to be over 23 years old next season. Like these, these are grown men by college basketball standards, and they are going to funnel that down to the younger kids and show them what it does take to win in college basketball. Where, like, in that three-year stretch, maybe there was some mystery as to, you know, what it does take to be a part of a winning program, but I don't think that's going to be an issue here moving forward. Now, to bring it back to the 2023-24 season, I mean, God, th like this is incredible. Right now, we're going to go to BartTorvik.com, reference this website all the time, with both A.J. Hogarth and Jaden Akins coming back. MSU, sixth in the country. That is weighed on the average of offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. DK, right now, with the boys back on the roster, MSU, third in the country in offensive efficiency going into next season. 18 of the last 21 national champions had top 10 offensive efficiency. Also, on defense, they will be 26th overall, but does that sound about right? Third best in the nation. I mean, this is going to be a nice offensive team next year, uh, needless to say. Yeah, I think so. I think the one thing that you were maybe kind of circling as a question mark with Hauser's departure is, is there another guy that can step up and be a bit more of a volume shooter? I think we see sure. more um, in a role from Aikens where he's going to get a lot of those shots. I think Hauser took around 10 or 11 last year. I really think Aikens is probably going to get four or five of those. Um, I'd like to see him, again, a little bit more involved on the ball and just seeing mm -hmm. a little bit more with that, and I think we do. Um, so he's going to have to need to be this, a similar shooter as he was last year with an increased volume. I think Walker's going to have to take a few more shots um, with Hauser's departure. Can Garrett Norman come in? You know, his minutes are a little bit blocked the way that it's, you know, kind yeah. of slated, but he's a guy that I think if you're looking at this class, who's the guy that can come in and knock down shots off the bench? I think he's going to be one of those guys. I think Hall can return back to form. I'm very curious to see what they do with him. Do they still mm -hmm. play him, you know, as, as a backup small forward? Do they play him more as a power forward, which is his natural position? I, I think that I lean towards maybe wanting to see him more in the power forward spot. You're, you're playing the trail game. He's getting a lot of trail threes, pick and pop threes. Um, I don't think they'll use him like Hauser, you know, that, that they did in some instances where he's running off pin down scroll, screens and coming off all that. To me, he's more of just kind of a steady guy that needs a little bit more space to get that shot off. And I think it's easier in the power forward spot than the, the small forward, but it'll be interesting to see how they balance those minutes between the two. So I think that there's some, some guys that can be shooting on the roster. The defensive side of the ball has been a little bit lacking the last few years for the Spartans. I think they've been hovering around 50th in Ken Palm's yeah. efficiency over the last three years. That really needs to be like top 25. I think the biggest question that you have is, is there rim protection and is there, you know, more athleticism, and Cohen Carr is the guy that I'm circling for that, where you're looking who can come in, help protect the rim, be switchable defensively, and just give you some athletic pop that really hasn't been on the roster since 2017-18 when it was Bridges and Jackson. 
um, and, and that whole group. So I, I'm circling Cohen Carr to maybe kind of give some of that boost. I, I'm very curious, again, to see what they do with him. Is he playing some backup small forward minutes? Is he playing mostly at the power forward? They have, have some balancing to do with the rotational minutes. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I think this team is more athletic than it was. Um, and I think just defensively, when you put a guy who's an NBA level, a 1% college athlete into this rotation, um, besides some of the other guys who I think are very solid, and you have Akins and Carr kind of as the connector pieces on the perimeter to be able to defend and help you rebound and protect the rim, I think that there's a lot, a lot, a lot to like about. So we'll see how the shooting kind of comes. That we saw in the tournament last year, shooting was down everywhere. Shooting isn't what yeah. won team's game so it's it's an important part of it you got to be able to hit some but that Marquette game Michigan State made like two threes and they still found a way to win so I think it more comes to the defensive side they need to be able to put way more pressure on the rim this year they haven't had a really a center that'd be able to do it but I think with some of the guys that they're bringing in Xavier Booker's in that mix Jeremy Fears is going to be a guy that's getting paint touches I think with the guard play they can put enough pressure on the rim to spread it and spray it and I really like I really like the roster construction because there's just so much talent. They're too deep at basically every position. And even if you, you know, the, the unthinkable happens and a guy goes down with an injury, there's another guy on the roster to take his place. And that was not the case last year, as we Correct. saw. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Like it is going to be a fascinating start to the season. Of course, you know, you got the great games, the, the champions classic, the Arizona game going out in Palm desert, but like, it's just going to be fascinating to see how Izzo is going to juggle this roster. Complete 180 uh, for the issues that he had last year with the lack of yeah. depth. And you're seeing Jason Whiten's getting, what, like 20 <laughs> minutes in the PK-85? Like, it, it, it's not going to come down to that. It's going to be quite the, the plate-spinning spectacle to see from Tom Izzo early this season. And, uh, DK, i got to ask you here in a hot second, what are the expectations for this season? Are they truly natty or bust? But first, I'm going to let you sit on that for a hot minute here because I need to talk the people's ears off about fan duel sportsbook. Hey, let's say you're one of those fine folks out there that think it's natty or bust. Well, put your money where your mouth is at America's number one sportsbook because right now, Michigan State, 15 to 1 to cut down the national title nets over in Phoenix in the year of our Lord, 2024. Those odds are tied with UConn and Houston. There's only two teams that have better odds than that. It's Duke at 12 to 1 and Kansas at 10 to 1. But if you're feeling spicy about our Spartans, do so at America's number one sportsbook. We're talking FanDuel gang. And if you are a new member, well, this gets even sweeter for you. You get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. I will say that again. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, there is no better place to get in on all the action for all the college football futures or, hey, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. Just go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get in on that no sweat first bet up to $2,500. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. It's FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And let's drag DK of Spartans Illustrated back on the show here. Oh my God, he's still here. He did not leave. Amazing. 
How could DK, I leave on a day like this? You know I wouldn't leave you. Uh, you know what? Yeah, we, we've dragged out for some tough shows before. Over your house and just cracking a couple right? uh, new beers here. Let's go. Get, get on over here. Yeah, it's a cool 86 degrees in the house. We told ourselves no AC until June 1st, but you know what? Like, how's that like this? Out? It's not good, DK. That's why I'm wearing a jersey right now. Uh, it's, it's it's balmy. I can see in the here, but you know what? Sheening off your face. This is how this is how we're gonna circle the wagons here. I'm just getting prepared for the Phoenix Air DK. That's right. That's where the final four is going. Let me knock on wood really quick before I jinx us into a first round elimination. But DK, speaking of hot, I put you on the hot seat here. Yeah. What are the expectations here? Because I, I've said before all this unfolded, this is like maybe a show a month ago that I, I take either a Final Four banner or a Big Ten regular season banner. Again, a national title is very hard to win, and it will be devastating if this team does get bowed out before then. But I think it's either got to be a Final Four banner or a Big Ten regular season banner to call the season a success. Is that too little, in your opinion, or what's going to call the season a success for you? No, I think that that's a fair statement. Um, we're still pending Zach Eady's decision, so if he comes back in the fold with Purdue, I think that yeah. them being the favorites in terms of like conference play, they, they ran away with it a little bit last year. I think Zach Eady is a – very tough matchup for Michigan State because they don't really have a guy that can contain him and not too many teams really could um, across the board. Um, so, you know, you maybe give them the nod, but you should be finishing right neck and neck. They should be in the game. They only have one game against Purdue. It's at Mackey this year. Um, yep. This, I think the schedule lines up semi-favorable for Michigan State to be in the hunt. So I, I really think you got to be in a hunt in the last week or two for a Big Ten title. Um, you should definitely be playing – uh, in in the semifinals, if not the finals of the Big Ten tournament. Um, but really, the, to me, the conference accolades are not going to what ends up defining Izzo. It's really about hanging another banner in March, and, and whether that's a Final Four or hopefully a national title. I think that those are the aspirations for the season, and we shouldn't shy away from it. It doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes the, the fit ends up being wonky or – um, they just hit a bad stretch where they don't look like the right team. But when this team's rounding into form in February into March, I expect them to be humming like a well-oiled machine. And for the pieces that have you know, come into the lineup um, to be playing at a high level that is going to allow Michigan State to put themselves in a position to really have, I think, a top three seed. Um, the schedule mm -hmm. is going to allow for it. So they have Duke. They have Arizona. There's no other MTEs on the schedule. So it depends on how he fills that out. The Big East uh, rivalry game, the Gavit games, is um, is Butler at home. That should be a win. So the schedule, we, you know, the schedule that we really wanted for this season probably would have been last year's, and we could have traded, and maybe it would have looked a little bit different. But sure. I think that the way that it shaped up, you take one of two from Duke and Arizona, and you take care of business in the rest of your non-conference, which should be loaded with a lot of you know interstate teams. There's no reason that this team shouldn't be pretty close to 30 wins in the regular season, even if you lose, you know, four or five in the conference. So mm. I, I really think that they need to be focused on getting as high a seed as possible in the tournament, putting themselves in the best position possible, which they haven't done the last three seasons of get, not just getting into the tournament, but putting themselves in a spot where they can make a run because the matchups are favorable. Um, so you do that, you make it to the sweet 16 and then it becomes, you know, a tough competition from there. But I think that, yes, it should be final four aspirations for this team. Um, and we'll see what happens. Once the season kicks off, maybe we have differing perspectives on that. But when you're looking at the talent that's on the roster, the veteran guard play, 
Um, there's just a lot, a lot of pieces. And I, I think that there's some more complete teams than there were last year. Duke, Kansas, UConn just got their yeah. point guard back. Um, yep. So there's some teams that are going to be in the mix and that higher echelon. And last year, I think it was a lot more jumbled, but there's no reason Michigan State shouldn't be expecting a top three seed heading into the tournament um, with real aspirations of making it to Phoenix and beyond. Right on. And thank you for pointing out that Zach Eady thing. Right now, we are recording at 1 p.m. I mean, we're going to hear Edie's decision at some point today. So if you're listening later on, the decision may have already been made for Edie. Uh, but we don't know that right now. Same with uh, Hawkins down at um, yeah. Illinois. And then Hood Shafino might come out. Whatever. You you guys get it. We're, we're focusing on the Hogard, the Aiken stuff right now. We'll get to all the other Big Ten stuff later on. But Let's let's rewind here. I, I know we're going doing a lot of back and forth. Hey, let's talk about the young guys in 2026. Oh, let's talk about the Final Four. Now let's go back. But at the end of the season, if I told you that Walker, Akins, and Hogard would all be coming back, and your Hall. response would have been what? Like, would you have been surprised? Because I'm a little surprised that all three are coming back, especially in this day and age of basketball, where you know if you're not one of the top two guys on your team when you think you are, kind of like maybe Akins you kind of bolt to the transfer portal. So what, what, what would your reaction have been if I told you a day after the Kansas state game that all three guys would be coming back here? Yeah. I think that, you know, that run in the tournament and getting a taste of success in March after this group, this, this core group hasn't really done that. I think it really altered um, the ability to look forward and say, We've got sure. unfinished business. We were really good. We fell a little short that Kansas State game, but we we beat a Marquette team that, you know, in, in, in the seeding-wise was supposed to beat us. And we have the goods to be able to do it. It's taken us a minute to put it all together. But I, I just think it changed it, right? That run in the tournament changed the perception of it. And, and if they don't, if they lose to Marquette, I think one or two of those guys is probably gone because the feel is all different. Um, I agree. Sometimes yeah. when you're hearing the same bit over and over and over again from a coach and it never comes to fruition, that that's hard to swallow. Um, there's some strong personalities on this team. And we saw that in the Big Ten tournament with A.J. Hogard, you know, some of his poor body language, but he responded well in the tournament. And I think that getting a taste of that, particularly playing as well as he did, altered his perspective of the coaching that he was receiving. I, I think that you have to win to be able to continue to just hear it in your ear. Like you got to do yeah. this. Cause if you do this, we can win. And he finally got that. And we saw it with a 25 point performance in that loss to Kansas state, like the high gear for AJ Holgard is so high. And I think, I think just generally when you look at the way that the season ended, it altered Michigan state's trajectory and really the trajectory of the players belief that they can get it done collectively together. So I 100% agree with that. I think, like, I remember, I forgot if it was you or maybe it was Carter Elliott, but we were talking before the tournament, like, th this could be an important first weekend, not just because, you know, you break the Sweet 16 slump, but this could galvanize a lot going into the offseason, especially with how horrible of a loss that Ohio State game was in the Big Ten tournament. Just getting absolutely popped by a true freshman point guard. But, look, at the end of the season, Jaden Aikens, six of his last seven games, double-digit scoring. I mean, yes, he shot 50% from three as well, but he was also taking double-digit shot attempts as well. So that was like almost like a late two, three week push to him to like show that, hey, yes, you might be quote unquote the third guy here, but it could still work. You're still going to get the volume of like a number two on any other team. And this can still be a marriage around the perimeter between you, Walker and Hogard. 
that can work. And also, too, I mean, of course, we saw that at the end of the season, too, with Hogard. I mean, that was never really in doubt, but still his last eight games all in double-digit scoring. He had the season-high 25 points against K-State for the last eight games, six-plus assists. I mean, it's just he played grown man basketball, I mean, last year, and it's going to be more of the same, hopefully. But, yeah, it's uh, it's just exciting, man. It's it, it's yeah. thrilling. Um, I, I do want to get off the Akins and Hogard talk just for a hot second here because you not too long ago, very recently, you have some nice things to say about one of the centers on this team here, some Carson Cooper banter. Because, hey, you know what? The perimeter looking really solid. That's going to be the strength of this team. But for, for, from what I read on Twitter.com under your handle, center position might not be in bad shape either here. Yeah. Um, so I really have dove back into just generally the, the tournament games. Am I frozen here? Can you hear me? I can hear you crystal clear. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Frozen in the face. The face is frozen. That's okay. At least one of us Um, is frozen here in this conversation. That's good. Here we go. So I've gone back and I've watched two of the three games. I haven't got around to the Kansas State. I I did watch that earlier this summer for the second time through, and I just haven't gone back to, like, actually watch from a film perspective. Um, But when I went back and watched the pick-and-roll defense by Carson Cooper in the games against USC and Marquette, uh, I was a little bit blown away about how good he was down the stretch run for Michigan State. He averaged six minutes per game in the regular season, of the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, had a stretch where he played a couple d- double-digit games, like three in a row, and yeah. then he got himself into a position um, where he kind of his minutes lagged again. In the tournament, he averaged I think thirteen point three minutes per game, so almost over double what he was playing. And a large part of that was how good he was in the pick and roll defense. So I put out that film. I've been writing, you know, a bit of an article, just looking at some of the strengths and weaknesses for the roster with Akins and Hogard's return. I, I started that prematurely. Thank God I don't have to burn that article. I would never look yeah, at it right. again. <laughs> um, but it, it's a situation where the one concern you have is kind of that front court defense and not allowing opposing teams to take advantage of that one five pick and roll, which I, I think in the Kansas state game, especially we, we really got bludgeoned in that. Um, There's just so much cutting and backdoor actions and pressure on the rim and Michigan state didn't do well. So I, I think with the combination again of guys like Cohen Carr and Xavier Booker with some length and athleticism coming in, to play that power forward spot. And with the potential development of Carson Cooper, that the front court defense can look a lot better. And I expect it to like, this can be a top 25 defense if that part of the rotation gets figured out. And I really have high expectations that Carson Cooper is capable of providing that. And maybe it's not 20 minutes per game, but 14, 15, if you could play 14 or 15 minutes a game where you know that you're getting really, really good pick and roll defense, you're not getting exposed in that. I think that really changes the outlook for the defense as a whole. And then again, you combine that with some of the athleticism that you have, maybe some of the side rim protection that you get from Booker and Carr. And I think that it looks a lot healthier on paper than it did last year. Speaking of healthy on paper, just to bring the episode full circle, I mean, Hogard, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, Malik Hall, and then any of those centers. Again, it's going to be a platoon at the center position. That's not going to surprise anyone. All three of those guys offer something different depending on the matchups. You know the drill by now with the centers, guys. But, man, and on top of that, the the four cherries on top, that recruiting class that's coming in or has already came in, just like you mentioned earlier. Xavier Booker already on campus. Uh, the rest of the gang won't be too far behind them. But it's it's special. And, man, just uh, I, I cannot wait for – 
November. I, it, it's going to be a long few months leading up to that tip-off against Duke in the Champions Classic. But, man, <laughs> DK, I, I, I think I'm going to be smiling the, the rest of summer over here. I, I think I think we could do that as, as one spark. Yeah, here. I think, you know, maybe football puts a small damper on that. But ultimately, even when the football yeah. season kicks off, basketball, it just means basketball is right around the corner. So we just sure. got to take, take the lumps when it happens. And then, you know, spring ourselves into what could just be a special winter. So I hope so. I can't wait for it. The, the, the timeline on Twitter will always be buzzing. I cannot wait for that three game stretch in February where it's like uh, a road loss at Illinois, home loss against Nebraska, and then a road loss at Wisconsin. You know, just, just like that, that three game stretch where like we all start melting down. And I'm going to be part of the problem. Like this has happened every year for the last 20 years under Izzo, and I still haven't learned that everything's going to be okay. But uh, it's just. <laughs> It's going to hit so good. And then after they break out of that slump in February, just greatness from that point out the rest of the season. I, it's it's like we've all read the script. We all know what's going to happen, DK. It's it's right in front of us. Come on. Yeah, let's just hope the ending uh, finish, finishes with maybe raising a trophy and hanging another banner. Like, I just want I want it so bad for Izzo. Yes. You know, I think that there's going to be quite a bit of attrition heading into the next year, and it's going to be a bit of a gap as they kind of build yep. back up. And you see Jeremy Fears Jr. take the reins. But – um, this has the potential of being just a really, really loaded, talented team. And uh, you just have to hope that all summer everyone's pushing and, and we end up seeing the you know, fruits of all the hard labor this summer because it, it, could be, it could be a really, really good season to be a Spartan. And that, that's what we're hoping for, obviously. Let's see how much these boys sharpen themselves over some sweet, sweet Moneyball Pro-Am uh, gym <laughs> sessions. That's, that's where we're going to really, really forge ourselves here for, for the trip to Phoenix here, man. So, no, uh, DK, special episode, and, of course, had to have you on. Thank you so much for joining on such late notice, offering all your insight, as always. I mean, DK, obviously, a, a fan favorite amongst Locked on Spards listeners, so cannot thank you enough, my man. Really do appreciate you. Appreciate it, Sheehan. Go green, baby. Go, go white and everyone else go, go enjoy the rest of your week. We will be back tomorrow with that's right. A recruiting breakdown from Ryan O'Blenis of Spartans illustrated. A lot of Spartans illustrated coming at you this week. So yeah, we're going to get you all prepped for the first weekend of June official visits for the football team. But until then let's go celebrate gang. Come on, let's go. Love you all. Go green. <laughs>